let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and this is a bit of a different show for us. It's a little bit unusual, isn't it? It's, it's very unusual. We'll, we'll go into a little bit more detail about that in a minute, but I've already poured a beer. Okay, what have we got in the glass, and what are we about to drink right now? So, uh, Seven Brothers sent us a few beers recently. They've had, they a, bit, they've had a bit of a rebrand, yes, gone into cans. Yes, a bit of an update, yeah. And um, they've sent us through a selection. The first one, uh, we've got two beers from them tonight. So we've got Seven Brothers, Amber Lager, Clean, Delicate, Sweet, 4.3%. Okay. Shall we find out if they're right? Let's let's see. Uh, it's certainly colour-wise. On point. On point, yep. Yeah. Not too much on the nose. No, but very definitely, light. In, definitely inoffensive. Oh, that's malty. That is malty, isn't it? It says, uh, oh, this is a lager that tastes as it should, full of a flavour and aroma with slight malt sweetness. I'd say more than just a little bit of slight. That's malty, biscuity all the way through. Yeah, followed by distinct dry finish. This isn't your average Vienna lager. Um, it might take a little bit of adjusting to it, maybe. Maybe we just need to get our, our palates yeah. around it. But it feels like the, the malt is quite dominant. It, it It's very dominant. I, I get what they're saying with the dry finish. There's a very dry finish on yep. that. Um, but it is it is very, very malt heavy. Uh, it's interesting that they've chosen to call it an amber lager and then in the description they call it a Vienna lager. Yeah. If it's a Vienna lager, call it a Vienna is lager. This, but yeah, but didn't we have a bit of a burst of this last year didn't we about amber yes everyone wanted to call stuff amber yeah like that was, I think then it was amber and bitter yeah. wasn't it it was like it was safe or something like that but look in fact I'd rather just call it lager no style wise if it's a Vienna lager I want to know it's a Vienna, Vienna okay, lager I'll because go I, I know with a Vienna lager I'm getting something that's more malty it's going to be a bit darker yeah a bit fuller I mean I'm not saying I don't like it but I'm not sure it's quite the same description as I would have gone for. No, no, but agree. agree. Let's see, let's see how we how how it goes. We're only sharing the one small can. Yes, you know, responsible drinking, as they say. <laughs> so we started off by uh, saying to the listeners, Steve, that this was something a little bit different. Would you like to expand on what you meant? Well, well, yeah. I mean, things in the UK right now have been a little bit crazy. Not not just in the UK, but worldwide. Have, have, have been a little bit crazy. The world's gone nuts. We, we, we've seen restrictions on travel, suggestions that we shouldn't go out and such. Um, and, and as a result, we wanted to still bring great content to our listeners. Yeah. Um, but instead, we're just going to bring you content. Yeah. Instead, we're just going <laughs> to drink down the microphone for 27 hours. And uh, just for Paul, we're going to eat cheese. Yeah. Um, so we've kind of... This is one of the shows that we... A kind of banking in case things get really bad. Yeah, so we, we're, we're still in the same place at the same time before one of us has to become a hologram um, and to connect with each other. So um, it will be a slightly unusual show, as in you will definitely notice the absence of news. Because we can't do news. Um, well, at the moment, all the news is just changing as soon as we speak anyway. Yeah. There's no beer adventures because... We're not allowed out. We're not allowed out. So what we're going to do is we're going to be jumping straight into opinions. Which means we're going to give it good going over. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be no bitter in Inganis because nope. this show is being kind of somewhat pre-recorded. 
Um, so it's going to be difficult for us to give feedback on other content that's not been released yeah. yet. But that doesn't stop you getting involved because we will pick it up. Yes, yes. Use the hashtag we'll, we'll come back later yeah. on with, with, with comments. Uh, we, we, we may go a little bit more in depth into questions. Yes. So it's probably going to be a little bit shorter uh, than you used to, um, but it's still going to be the same great content of, of Martin and I drinking beer and talking crap. Exactly. Much the same <laughs> as usual then, Steve. Much the same as usual. At least for us businesses as, as per. So this is our continuity planning This is in, into action. So that being said, let's dive straight in to the question. Opinions, 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 opinions. Which was, when shopping in bottle shops, do you want to know the price of your beer before you get to the counter? 713 votes, 92% of people saying yes, uh, yes of course, and 8% of people saying no, I'll, I'll buy it anyway. Thoughts? I'm surprised that it was as high as 8% for no. Yes, so was I. I, I thought it would have been a lot lower. Than, than than that, I thought we would have been. Well, I don't know. I thought we were going to. I thought we were going to get a lot closer to that hundred percent. Yeah. Mark, I mean, I, I, you know, as much as I love beer, and as much as I love going into a bottle shop, can shop these days, whatever you want to call it, there's nowhere else that I generally buy stuff from. But I don't know the price first of all. I mean, Michelle's a devil for picking up stuff and then me asking the price and going, I don't know. I pretty much start with the price. Yeah. I work backwards. Most things are labelled yes. these days, aren't they? Yeah, and I know that bottle shops are obviously smaller, independent. They may only have a few of those items, so they're not priced. But I'm sorry, as a punter and as a consumer, I do want to know the price per what I'm buying. Yeah. You know, it, it, I don't want a surprise when I get to the till. No, and I, also... I, I really don't. It could be an embarrassing surprise for both parties. You know, the party telling you, oh, excuse me, sir, that's so so and so and you suddenly going oh I'll put it back then yeah no one wants to feel like that do they not if there's a not if there's a shop full of people definitely well definitely not there but even then just between and it could also be someone that you've actually got to know because it might be a bottle shop you go into regularly I know it means a bit of extra work just do it yeah make sure the prices are on there make sure the price I shouldn't have to ask the price either because I think some people have said about you can always ask well actually again that, for some people that doesn't work either. If it's if it's the first time you've been into a place, it can be quite embarrassing to, to, to ask for a price. It can embarrassing be quite uncomfortable. And, and daunting. Yeah. You know, we're not we're not talking about going shopping for a wedding ring or an engagement ring where you're with your partner and the first thing you want to ask, maybe as the man buying it, is what's the price? The last question you ask is at that point, what's the price? Yeah. You're trying to find out some other discreet method, maybe. But if I'm going in there to buy beer, like any other consumable, I should know up front before I get to the till. Yeah. And, and also, and I think we'll come on to this, I, I will, in my mind, have an idea of a price range that I'm going to spend. How much you're willing. While I'm in there. And within that, I'll know certain breweries, certain beers, what, I, what I'll be expecting to spend for a one of their beers or a particular style or a particular size of, 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 of the beer. And that's us coming in with a bit of knowledge. Yeah. If, if you're coming in with no knowledge whatsoever and you pick up a can and say, oh, this uh, Imperial double chocolate coffee stout sounds fantastic, and you get it to the counter and it's 12 quid for a can. 
And it's a 250 milliliter again. Yeah. And, as, bit... and I don't know the price of the 250 milliliter. I'm just saying, you could, you could pick up a sandwich which looks really small, really quite innocuous. And then suddenly someone goes, that's went to double figures for that. Yeah. And it's like, sorry? Yeah, oh yeah. I don't I don't love him or her that much. <laughs> yeah, maybe I won't be buying that right now. <laughs> yeah, I won't yeah. be buying that one. Yeah. So yeah, I think, you know, because also, you still want to appeal to a wide, a wide number of people. And most people, a lot of people will have an, a, an idea of a price point of what they can buy beer in other places. And suddenly if you give them that shock and that surprise, they might, they might not turn up again. And They might feel embarrassed enough not to come through your door. And that's possibly where an argument kicks in in terms of the damage that supermarkets are doing to, to beer at the moment in terms of offering beer at a certain price point definitely same as spoons becoming the norm same as spoons I have this constantly with my dad yeah and I said look we need to take spoons out of this conversation because spoons is disruptive with regard to your price point it's it, you need to just remove it because they're the outlier yeah generally I know there's a few other ones and you see that thing advertised every now and again on, on there's a pub which does a pound a pint or something but take those one's out of the equation your, your average pub isn't selling beer at the same price as spoons no but uh, again, which is the same as supermarkets yeah yeah because at the moment I can go into a supermarket and I can buy a Brewdog Evil Twin collaboration for £3.50 a can yes so that that's as, as a relative newbie to, to, to beer I, that, that could be my starting point I could then go into my lo- local bottle shop and pick up same size can same ABV can with Evil Twin on the label, and I'm going to be paying seven, eight pounds for it. Well, ain't going to be three fifty, is it? And, and all of a sudden, I'm going to be like, "Why is that? Why is that so expensive?" Yeah, and yeah, I, I, it's a, I think it's a valid point. Like I said Tesco's and Spoons are two examples of places where their price points do disrupt the market for others. And I know that we've been very favourable in our comments about Tesco, but also. The part of the country we live in isn't exactly favourable for going out and having good beer on buying good beer. So Tesco's does does work well. But yes, I will still do both. But there are some people who will say, well, no, that doesn't work because of the prices. But also, let them know how much it is before they get to your counter, before they get to the till. Yeah, absolutely. That's It's, it's not a lot to ask. If I, if I walk into a shop, I, I, I want to see how much the goods are in that shop. Yeah, because if I'm doing a, a small shop, I'm often sort of doing a little bit of adding up in my head, roughly knowing how much I'm spending, and I don't see why that should be any different in a beer shop. No, it shouldn't, it shouldn't and be then any it, different. And if I choose to then pick up that £12, four forty, FOMO beer, but I've done it with knowledge. Yeah. I've chosen to do it because I know how much it costs. So yeah, I, w- I was surprised that there was still 8%. I was very surprised. I, I thought it would have been much higher. Let's, let's see what some of um, our listeners have been saying then. So first of all, James at Perilous Banana. Yes, I've not looked at prices proper, properly previously and have been horrified. I generally have a price point for beer and I don't like to cross it. No, I think that's fair enough. It's what we were saying. But isn't that the same for, like I said, for other consumables? If you buy own brand stuff a lot of the time or maybe you shop in, I don't know, say Lidl or somewhere like that and you have your price point for that then you go to a... I don't know, an M&S or Waitrose who often sell less of the cheaper items, then you're going to think, hold on a second, I, I knew what I was prime before, paying before, why, why are you suddenly charging me more? 
Yeah, so essentially the same product. Yeah, I like that. Very, very serious. Horrified as well. Yeah. Ian Hay at II Hay. Absolutely, some rare stuff can be extremely expensive. Doesn't mean I won't buy it, but I generally have a bit of a maximum I'm planning to spend on a visit, and I may want to spread that budget over several nice bottles or go for a special. Again, sensible. Yeah. A lot of these about sensible buying. Yeah, it's about not. It's not about not buying. It's it's about how you spread a budget. Yeah. To to, to buy, uh, John at Beer in the Suburb. Yes, in capital letters. <laughs> price is a factor when buying any product. A place near me only puts price stickers on maybe a quarter of their beers, and it does my head in. On occasion, I've put a beer back after being told how much it costs, which is embarrassing. But I'm not forking out eight quid for any old nonsense. And there is that argument that sometimes we don't know how these beers are going to come out. Yeah. So you've picked it up. It hasn't. They haven't told you the price. You get it up to the counter, and it may take you over budget, but also may take you over your personal spend for a type of beer or type or yeah. size, because you may have had a few bad experiences as well. But you could avoid all of that just by having the price on it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Listeners would have heard you open a new can in the, in, in the background there, which means we've finished the Amber Lager. Uh, what were your final thoughts on that? It settled down a little bit. I didn't enjoy it. You, you weren't a lover? At all. Ah. No. Um, it, it, Vien- it didn't come round for me. To be fair, the Vienna Lager isn't my favourite type of lager style because I think it is just that little bit too malt heavy at times, which means I think you do do some of that refreshing crisp bite yeah. to it. It just goes a little bit too rounded. And if I'm going to have something which is a bit more malt forward, I'm not, well, I'll have a cask. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think they went too heavy on the malt yeah. in, in, in that. It was it was too much for me. Um, and it never quite came back from the sweetness. Like I said, I think it, for me it did die down, but I wouldn't necessarily reach for it again. No, I, I wouldn't. I, it's not one I'd rush for. Yeah. Um, so I followed that up with a hoppy pale. Okay. So fairly again, nondescript in the in, in the in the yeah. labelling again. Yeah, I do find this bit of a rebrand a bit of an odd one. Yeah. I mean, because they're not actually giving their beers names. They're not giving them any. It's more of a descriptor, and I'm not. Sure, the colours are very washed out. Do you know what I mean? Is there was a, the first one was a is a pink sort of colour, but it's quite a washed out pink. This is. A washed out blue yeah um yeah so it says hoppy pale obviously seven brothers is very clear um tropical session light 3.8 percent but you know they haven't really bothered to give it a name and stuff i'm not really sure what they're trying to do with the branding to be yeah. honest it's um it's strange because there there are two others as well aren't there in yeah sort of the set of four that we've got and they've all got the, the distinctive seven but even the, the the font on the seven is is different for each beer. Yes, the only thing which is the, the, so they've got the it's consistent branding, but this, bizarrely the seven isn't. No, it's the the only thing that's consistent is the name Seven Brothers, and then that that kind of banner around the middle. Yeah, which, which just which says tells you, Amber Lager. Doesn't actually really tell you a lot about the hoppy pale. It does. Yeah, it's an odd one. So let's let's, let's um, find out what the hoppy pale is like. Though. Cheers. Okay, that's quite citrusy. Yeah, nice nose. Tropical on the nose. Oh, that's quite nice though. It's really light, really inoffensive. Yeah. Really easy finish. Very easy finish and it's light. It's got a much lighter feel than the Amber Lager. Yeah. The Amber Lager actually felt, I think, because it had that malty biscuity taste, it actually felt quite heavy. 
this actually this I feel quite light. Yes, that's that that is really light actually. Yeah. Really sessionable. Yeah, I could I could see myself drinking that uh, from a tap. Yeah, I'd, I'd that one. I'd, I'd happily drink a pint of that. Yeah. The the that amber lager I'd struggle. <laughs> struggle to drink. A I'd, pint I'd of struggle it. to finish a pint. Yeah, and that's drinking a lager, which we both quite like. Yes. Yeah. Strange, isn't it? Yeah. So carrying on diving back into the comments. So from Greg Bullman at Greg Bullman. It's good to know, but you shouldn't be afraid to ask. The biggest issue I have is when pubs and bars issue a price and you don't know whether it is to sit in or take out. P.S. Don't get me started on corkage. Well, you've started us on corkage now. That's all I'm going to say. Is, 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 that, is that one for another day or are we no, going to no, get into I'm it now? I'm going to get into it now because, I mean, there's a couple of things there. I think, yes, you shouldn't be afraid to ask, but I think we're all different. Some people don't like asking. Yeah. So I think, you know... Just that social interaction for some people is... Not what they're after. It's a challenge. Yeah. And what if they're going in there to buy as a gift? Yeah. So they just want to get in, get something, get out. And the minimum amount of fuss is, you tell me already the price, I go, I'll pay for it, I'll leave. Job done. Um, issue a price, you don't know whether it's sitting or take out. I, I've got a massive problem with places charging you a different price, whether you sit in or take out. Because if you were buying... A pint, you know, some places you can obviously buy the two pint takeout. Yeah. Generally, the price is roughly the same. I think sometimes they advertise like 20p off or something like that. But we've been to a few bars recently where the corkage is astronomical. Shocking. Yeah. And for what? What exactly are you charging that for? So I've had a few few uh, drinks on tap. I've decided actually you've got a fantastic bottle and can selection. Maybe we'll get a sharer, and suddenly the share the drinking price has got a seven or eight quid markup on yeah. it. To do what? You're actually doing less work. I'll pour it. Just give me some glasses. It's, it's ridiculous, and I think I think there is a wider discussion about corkage out there, and there are a couple of places who do put me off actually buying their stuff. Yeah, I I I don't understand how that works. I mean, it's and and it's weird because it it seems to vary from venue to venue as well. So. I can go to Two Brews in Colchester and I can buy any can or bottle from any of Paul's fridges and I can drink it in for exactly the same price that I can take it home. See, that doesn't sound complicated to me. That sounds quite easy. He's getting the business. He's still I'm, sold you the can. I'm buying a product. I'm just drinking it somewhere different. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas there are other places that we've been to where we've sat in the bar and looked at the, 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 the markup to drink in and we've been like, nah. No, but then I also then won't buy it to take out. No, out of principle. Yeah, you've stopped me from no, buying so it. actually you've lost my custom both ways. Yeah, so I'm not going to drink it in and I'm definitely not buying it to take yeah. out because you're going to take the piss of me drinking it in. I don't understand why you would do it. I don't understand the principle behind it. So if anyone has a valid reason slash argument why a licensed premises charges corkage, let me know. If you charge corkage and you're not a licensed premises, that's different. That I get sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, like if you go to like some restaurants, they don't actually have alcohol and you, you can bring in what you like and they'll charge you a certain amount. I get that to a certain degree, but not when you are a licensed... The only thing you said is beer. Why would you up the price for beer when it's just in a... It, it, in a receptacle, just seems like it's profiteering. It is to, to, to me. I don't see it. I don't see it as anything else. 
yeah. myself. So it's a good question, Greg, and I, I, don't, I think we'll come back on that. But if anyone else has any thoughts on corkage and they want to share them, please do. Absolutely, yeah. We'd, we'd love to hear people's yeah. thoughts on that one. From Richard Swindells at Rich Swin. Yes, when you buy something, you need to know the price before you buy. Isn't that part of the contract between you and the seller? Prices should be displayed for most items, in my opinion. I'm not of any, aware of any retailers that don't. However, it's a great way to start a conversation. But again, coming back to having, and if you're comfortable having a conversation. Yeah, if, if you're that way inclined that you're going to have a conversation, then yes, you can start yeah, a conversation. But, I, mean, I expect it, I think there are obviously some high-end shops. I mean, it goes back to the uh, pretty woman thing. If you need to ask the price, then you can't afford it. Yeah. That kind of thing. So, but we're talking about beer. And yes, there are some expensive beers out there, but it should be flagged up still. Absolutely. And even more so the expensive ones. Definitely. Because I'm, 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 I'm at a stage now where I will know that you'll, you'll look at a range of beers in front of you, 440ml cans from a range of certain breweries in the UK, and you'll be like, right, okay, I know that's going to be, be between X and X. Though all of those beers are going to be between that price yes. range. Occasionally you'll get one where you'll pick it up and there'll be no price on it. you say, how much is this? And you'll be told the price and you'll be like, whoa okay yeah. i'm just gonna put that one back right yeah. there on the shelf you're then. not gonna charge me for holding it are you <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah just just let us know yeah i don't understand it and yeah you know like i said for, for I, I won't be afraid to ask but there are there are people who don't like doing that kind of thing they don't want to have the conversation yeah and they're gonna feel a little bit socially awkward or a bit uncomfortable and for whatever the reason is they do not want to have to have that conversation about it because maybe they are afraid about being told the price yeah. So you start the conversation. Especially if there's other people in the shop that are maybe chatting and friendly with the, yeah. the owner, all of a sudden you're even more intimidated because you're having to ask, you're the outsider yeah. having to ask the price of a thing. Yeah, I, I, I think, like I said, there's nothing so far that I've seen here which would make me think you should have the price on there. Yeah. From uh, Beavis Morn at Emperor Beavis, I would so like for the price not to matter, but I have to do the old beer exploration on a, on a limited budget. There you go. You, you've got to count. You've got to count the pennies. Yeah. Gregor at Gregor J. Uh, I work on a budget. I weigh out my options on how much I want a beer if it's that, if it's expensive. These days, I'm more likely to buy one quality beer rather than a few cheaper ones, unless Colonel because they are best value in the UK. They are pretty, can't argue with that. No, because you know, again, went to the tap room recently, and none of the prices sort of blew my mind, and it was a fairly consistent price range. But I know that when because Beer Central get Colonel yeah. beers in regularly, they're never outlandish prices. No. I, I and you know you're getting a quality product. I regularly buy my Colonel beers from Beer Central, which still blows my mind that I'm buying beers that are made less than 30 miles away from where I live. But you buy them from Sheffield. From Sheffield <laughs> to be exported back to Essex. Yeah, I don't even know if that's exported or not, but that's what we're going for. <laughs> well, with the way the country's in lockdown mode, it might well be exported. Rarely will I pay more than... I don't think I've ever broken £6 on a, on a Colonel beer. And maybe on the rare occasions it's gone close to it or above it, it's been for one of their like double export stouts, like the nine point two percent. Yeah, it's and and you expect that, but you. But generally, even for those, they're five hundred mils. You're not even paying a fiver. No, but you still know 
or you're fairly confident that even though you're stretching your budget a little bit compared to your other beer purchases, you already had the confidence that the product's going to be good. Yes, there, there is that to it. And, it, and it's, like, it's, it's almost like, I actually don't care how much that is because I'm going to buy it. I'm still going to enjoy it. I know what they're like. I know how good they are. It's going to be a real exception if this beer isn't one I like. Yeah. I just wish I didn't have to go buy Sheffield <laughs> to, to get to get Colonel beer. It's bonkers, isn't it? That, that's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Let, let's leave your sustainable <laughs> credentials to one side. Yeah, yeah. Um, from Michael at Mick McGrawsey. In a bottle shop, no. It's a pretty rare occasion for me, so price isn't a factor. I just pick up the beers I want and then pay whatever the price is. If it was more a regular occurrence, then I'd definitely have a budget in mind and want to stick to it. But yeah, I can understand that because, you know, you're saying you're only going there so often. And I tell you what, I bet you with cards now, people are looking at the price less. Oh, without a doubt. As a retailer, the whole thing about going contactless is brilliant, especially like for, you know, again, straying a little bit, but for bars, because you just go tap, job done. So everyone's in and out straight away. So I can understand what he's saying. Um, and But for me, I think price just always has to be a factor for anything I buy. I, th- I, th- I think if you're going into a shop to buy a lot of a product, then you need to know how much you're spending. Yeah. That's, well, that's how it feels to me. Yeah. And I think that doesn't matter at whether my budget is feeling fairly comfortable or is feeling a bit tight. I still want to know where my, I still want to know what I'm spending my money on. Yeah. Who, who doesn't? Am I getting value for my money? Well, apparently eight percent people don't. Eight percent. Yeah. From Anthony Smith at Kryptonite underscore Beer. Nice, nice handle there. Nice handle. If it's something I want, the price won't des- won't necessarily put me off, but I need to know what I'm spending. More expensive generally means I'll keep it for a while too. So he's talking about buying cellar beers, isn't he? Yeah. I get that. But again, sort of still saying, I still want to know. But I'm, I'm with that as well. I, I, I know if I'm buying a beer for the cellar, it's going to cost me a bit more. Yes. Yeah, you probably already accepted that. that's what that. you're paying for. Yeah. You, you're paying for that little bit of, little bit more ABV. The fact that it might have been barrel aged or, or you know it's got a nice wax top yeah there's, or, or whatever there's a few bits added on you're paying you're paying for the frills aren't you yeah but most of the time most of us are buying the no spills rather than the frills yeah you're just buying drinking beers yeah yeah exactly from the owl lady at the owl lady retailers who don't display their prices are quite frankly up their own asses. i'm not sure she's really saying what she means here no i think what we probably need the owl lady to do is to clarify her comments yes because I think she's on that damn fence again. Yeah. Uh, they're being elitist by presuming that those who shop in their establishment even know the beer world inside out or are affluent enough not to care. It alienates new punters and those beer lovers on a budget. To be fair, I hadn't seen this comment from the air lady, but it sort of echoes exactly what we've been talking I, about. I think it does, yeah. yeah. Uh, which I'm quite, uh, you know, it's quite weird when you say so and, and you've been talking about it and then someone has really has sort of nailed it in only four sentences. Rather than... Rather than like an hour. 27 minutes, yeah. <laughs> uh, from Mr. WP at Mr. SWP. Uh, generally, yes, if it's something I think will be pricey, then I will ask, but after four years buying, I tend to have a good gauge on where the prices are, especially as I use a few bottle shops and sites. This means I'm never going in blind, but I have an expectation. Barnsley lads are tight. <laughs> that was his words, not ours. Yeah, I was going to say, just, we haven't... Just, just, just going to say that. We, we, we haven't made a judgment no. on uh, people in Barnsley, have yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. But again, that's kind of echoing some of what we've said in terms of 
if if you've been into beer for a while, you generally have a good gauge when you go into a beer shop, knowing how much a certain product will cost. Yeah, but you need that bit of knowledge. I can't yeah. imagine what I would have thought if I'd started going to bottle shops maybe ten years ago, and suddenly I'd gone from paying a certain price for beer, and some someone suddenly says it's X amount, I'd be going, what? What am I getting for my money? What seriously? What are you getting for your money? And I think that will be the thing. So, but even in a position of knowledge, I, I go to the co-op or Tesco or Asda on a fairly regular basis. But I don't mind doing food shopping. I'm pretty confident I know roughly where the price point sits. But if the price wasn't advertised when I went to pick it up, I wouldn't get it. Two reasons: one, I think it's going to be a problem at the till, and two. I don't want to take it up there and then have to bring it back because I don't like leaving food in random places. Yeah. You know, you see people do that. I'm going, no, don't do that because you're just going to waste the food. So no, just, just put it in. Yeah, let's, I mean, let's, on that note, let's take the most basic products. I suppose you'd go into a supermarket. Well, let's let's say meat. If, if there was... I like the way we went straight, meat. <laughs> I could go for cheese. I, 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 I went for meat. Um, if, if there are pieces of meat that aren't priced... You, you, you're not you're not necessarily going to pick them up and no. buy them are you no if you're in a if you're in a butcher's then it may not be priced up or it's going to be priced up per weight so yes you still have to ask yeah but it's different or, or you have to you have to tell in a butcher yeah, but you're expecting that yeah but you know most a lot of our the bulk of our shopping is done in a supermarket environment these days the prices are generally on the packet and on the shelf yeah so so you know what you're getting yeah. into now when I, again, as I've referenced before, when I grew up with the off-licence, you were either pricing each drink individually with the old-fashioned thing with the price on it, like a little sticker, or you you were putting it on the shelf underneath, or both. You weren't you weren't having neither. There was no way we were selling stuff in the shop without people having known the price already before it came to the till. It's just bonkers. Yeah. It is, it is absolute madness. So... Oh, I've, I've opened another beer. <laughs> you have? I've opened another I was just going to carry on drinking, weren't I? I wasn't going to tell anyone what I was drinking, <laughs> what I thought about the last beer. What do you think about the last beer, Steve? Uh, it was much better than the first one. I'll, I'll, I'll give it that. Yep. Um, it Hoppy Pal. Um, I suppose it was. It was a good Pal It's a session IPA, isn't it? It's, it's it goes under that session. Pal session IPA. What, 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 what's what yeah, now? Yeah, but you know, it, yeah, they, they pitched it for that easy drinking market. It's uh, there was lots of citrus in there. It was a really easy finish. Um, I I would have would have happily, as I said before, drunk a pint of that. Yeah, and, and probably probably actually would have gone back for another. Yeah, as, I mean, we as, as well. um, remind me when we went to Manchester a little while ago. Wasn't Seven Brothers on tap at the Ibis Hotel? It might have been. So if, if I was in a hotel, say I was in the Ibis. And you've got back there, and you still want one drink before bed, and this was available. I'd be thinking that's not so bad for a hotel yeah. hotel bar. Um, is there anything stunning about it? Is there anything different about it to other similar types of beers? Certainly not. And the branding is just a bit odd. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not, not sold on this new brand. I'm not sure where they're pitching it. I'm, I'm really not. So, but I say I, I'd agree with you. I think I, I, obviously I prefer the Amber Lager a little bit more to you. The Hoppy Pale was more up my street. Definitely did a job, but again, nothing to have it stand out from the crowd. You know what? I'm going to be I'm going to be really honest on the branding, and I, and I think it's been designed to pitch at supermarkets. 
Because that looks like something that you'd pick up off a supermarket shelf. I can see where you're coming from because, again, it's got the, the stripe around. It just says what it is. You don't have to be an expert. One's a lager, one's a hoppy pale. It's not giving it a fancy name yeah. or making you guess about it. On the front, it's giving you a little bit of a hint about what type of beer it is. Clean, delicate, sweet or tropical, session, light. So it's sort of offering it up, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you, you're probably right, to be honest. Uh, I, I think that's quite a good shout because, again... It's got to stand quite nice there, but the colours are just light, and like I said, they feel like they're a little bit washed out. There's there's nothing distinct about it. No. Nothing makes it stand out. Yeah, I mean, I, to be fair, I don't know much about Seven Brothers anyway. I know that I've seen their beers before, and I've had a few of them, but nothing. I haven't got anything to compare for all I know. These may be better than their previous offerings. Yeah, I've, I've, I, I think I've had very few of them. Yes. Yeah. In, in the past so but you know if, again if anyone else has seen seen the new branding or has got any thoughts about Seven Brothers then let us know but it's not leaping out no however <laughs> I have poured what is described as a West Coast IPA Bison from Formbridge okay I'm fairly confident this will be on point yes it is so uh, Formbridge very kindly sent us a few beers towards the, uh, the turn of the year wasn't it um, essentially I think just before well before Christmas yeah to get some of the St. Petersburg weren't it yeah and because uh, I think we'd missed out when we bought our mixed dark cases didn't we St. Yeah. Petersburg came out like two days after it's a bit like the news landing after <laughs> we record and um, they, they very kindly threw in a few bison as well so um, cheers cheers oh it's certainly West Coast on the nose and that's how you finish off a recording that is so good yeah it's been uh, a couple of months since I've had one of those, but that is really, really good. That is really good. 6.9%. Again, a bit like a lot of the Formbridge beers, doesn't necessarily drink like that. Still got a cracking date on it, 22nd of October, 2020. Um, it just, it, I don't know if it gives me the hops in this, but it says it's bold and powerful. Bison is bursting with tropical fruit and pine from a fusion of mighty American hops. And I would say that's pretty accurate, actually, that bit. That is bang on. That descriptor. That is really tasty. Um, but again, I'll tell you what's quite good at what I like about it. It just doesn't feel like a slightly amped up uh, Jaipur. Very different type of beer, Jaipur. Yeah. This is a, st- a little bit more rounded. It's definitely got slightly fuller mouthfeel and body as well. Um, superbly drinkable. I'd love to have this on tap. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see this in cans in Tesco. <laughs> cans in Tesco. <laughs> Sorry, I really would though. It's, it's that good. Um, so, <laughs> you've nowhere to go after. No, that, I've got nowhere to go after. Yeah. We're talking about bottle shops and prices, and basically you've then gone on about Tesco's, Sorry. who definitely advertise all their prices. Um, from Adam Johnson at Maybe Not a Fad. Yes, but it depends. I have more of a price ceiling for beers rather than a concern of the actual price. If it's beyond £7, I ask myself whether A, do I trust a brewery enough to buy it if I have not tried it before? And B, what makes this beer more expensive than others, i.e. ABV or import? God, yes. On both those yeah. those points. It's actually uh, it's taken in a slightly different direction, but I can see where it's coming from, though. I've, these days... I have to really trust the brewery if I'm going to spend a lot of money on one of their beers. Agreed. I, and, I'm, I'm and, not, 
I'm not going to necessarily sorry to cut. I'm not necessarily just going to pile in loads of money because that's what everyone's drinking. Yeah, yeah. No, for me, it's like, and and that's trust built on. Have I had their beers before? Have they nailed the style? Have I enjoyed their beers? Am I going to drink their beers again? Or maybe it's the person behind them. So, obviously, say someone like Colin Strong has yeah. gone from a couple of, it's gone to three or four very good breweries. And generally, wherever he ends up, I will like the beer. Yes. As a general rule, that's not necessarily say every beer, and someone will find the exception maybe, but there's a starting point for me because I've got an element of trust again. Uh, Ed Razzle, who did the Go Ship Wedding Special for me, obviously worked at Adnams. He's been spent some time at Burn Mill. He's brought, he's bringing out, he's starting to bring out his own beers. He's done the Symmetry and Ale Farm. I didn't need, I, I was quite happy to say to you, when you pop into the bottle shop in Colchester, can you pick me up a couple of cans? Yeah. Without knowing much about it, because I already had an element of trust. Yeah, because you knew what you was getting was what he said it was going to be. Exactly. So there is, there is definitely elements of that now. And I think, yeah, the price points of some beers have got quite expensive. People do work on budgets. You know, we all love this commodity called beer. And at some point, and it goes a bit back to what the old lady said, we don't want the beers to get too elitist. We don't want people to feel like they're elitist. Don't get me wrong, we love the fact that there's innovation. We love the fact that we can buy that 750 milliliter bottle that we're going to put in the cellar that's got the wax top on it. But we we don't want it to feel like it's elitist. And... Yeah, it does make a difference. And I, I I tend to do the same. I think the last time I took a chance on something, took a chance on some of those uh, American beers from 18th Street Brewery that I ordered for you for Brewdog. Yeah. Probably the time before that was somewhere like Half Acre. And to be fair, I've, I've got away with both of those. They were the sort of beers I like anyway. But yeah, good point, Adam. I like that. I agree with that. Yeah, very good point. Uh, from Simon at Barley Wine is Life. Of course, people buying from online stores know the price before they buy. It should be the same for purchases from a physical bottle shop. I've got nothing to add to that. Hard to that <laughs> isn't it? And then finally from uh, Beer Nouveau at Beer Nouveau. It's a legal requirement with some caveats. Any shop not displaying the price is breaking the law. What is it with people in this trade recently who don't understand the laws? Charging for tasters, not displaying prices. Lots of similar comments to this one from Rich Taylor at Rich Taylor 1608, Pub Curmudgeon at Old Mudgy at ABV at Art by Volume, the latter of which provided some details from the gov.uk website around product labelling. So this is the law on product labelling. Okay. So this is directly from uh, www.gov.uk. There'll be a link in the show notes to this if people want to read it. Uh, you don't have to show particular information on the label for every kind of product. But if you include it, you must be accurate. There are special rules for some products and for retailers. If you're a retailer, you must display the price of products. This must be in sterling, pounds and pence, and include VAT where applicable. The single, the price of a single item, the unit price for products that you sell loose, metric measures like kilograms, centimetres or litres for unit pricing, except for some products, for example, beer is still sold in pints. So... Actually, it seems the entire discussion that we've had has been based on the fact that actually it's a legal requirement to display prices if you are selling beer. Which makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Absolutely. Which ties in, presumably, with everything else that people sell. Yeah. 
let's let's just hope our person from the West Country who, who, who likes going into Waitrose to find beers to complain about never goes into any bottle shops that doesn't display their prices. Yeah, let's hope not. He's got enough. He's got enough to do in Waitrose still. He, he doesn't have to venture to bottle shops yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I found that really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm still surprised it's eight percent. I'm still surprised it's eight percent, um, and I'm still surprised. And I will say, you know, I, I'm loyal to, to to quite a few bottle shops, um, a few of which don't display prices, and it does frustrate me. And I have spoken to the owners about my frustrations, um, and they they are hopefully looking to address it as as, as well because I like to know what I'm going to spend in in in, in a shop. Oh, I've got no. I think that's. A perfectly reasonable stance to take. I don't um, want to be surprised when I get to the till. No, I don't want to be surprised, embarrassed, or feel awkward. Yeah, simple as that. Just show me the price. Chances are, there's make like a few people said, if I go into a bottle shop, I'm probably thinking there's a few things I'm going to spend a bit more money on than I usually do. But just let me know what it is. It's right. not. It's not a lot. To no. Ask, um, but if you know, if anyone else wants to carry on getting involved in that subject, let us know. Yep. Yeah, use the hashtag opinions, and we'll find you, and hopefully. We'll feed some of that back on a future show. How's the bison doing for you? Oh, I'm loving it. It's so easy to drink, isn't <laughs> oh, it? Oh, I'm loving it. Really it. I mean, I don't know if I, if I need to be drinking it after a few a few beers already, but if we'd started this show with this beer, the other two beers are dead on their feet. No, I think I think we put this the right way. Definitely. The Amber Lager, the Hoppy Power, then this was the right way around. Yeah. It's, it's just, again, you know, Formbridge definitely fall in that category if I trust them. Oh, I absolutely trust Thornbridge. So when I saw this come out, I would have—I was buying Bison anyway. Yeah. The fact that they sent us a couple of bottles was just a bonus. But, by, you know, Thornbridge bring out another West Coast-inspired IPA. I'll have some of that, please. Because you get, you know they're going to nail that style. Yeah, they, yeah. They, and they do that. They nail, they nail their styles and they make them accessible and drinkable. Yeah. So we've got a few questions to, to, to go through some from, from some listeners. Questions, questions, fill my head. The first up from Adam Johnson at Maybe Not A Fad. With canning now being associated as a premium craft, does a brewery now have to can their beer to reach the upper echelons of the craft market? And they don't. if, if they don't, does this risk harm in their brand image? I'll say yes with the caveat of Colonel. I would agree. That's the simple answer to that one. I think that... People now are expecting, most consumers are expecting their beer in the craft world to come in cans, but I think there'd be uproar and surprise and a few tears shared if suddenly the kernel went into cans. Yeah. So yeah, that's my caveat. No, um, I, I'm with you 100% on that. I, I, I think um, yes, to, to be recognised on certain shelves now, you have to be in cans. Yep. 440 mils, wraparound labels. Um, however, I do think the kernel are the, uh, are the exception to the rule. Yeah. Maybe the kernel and maybe the other one that I would put in that band would probably be Burning Sky in, in terms of recently they've, they've done a few core beers in cans, but they've still done what they're most known for, which is their mixed fermentation stuff in bottles. Which is sensible because... The bottles are better designed for that anyway. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, but yeah, I think mean, I can't imagine people not thinking about cans, even if they don't do it straight away. I think they're thinking about it. Yeah. So, um, from discombobulated, is there a maximum number of brewers on any given collaboration beer brew before the beer starts to suffer? 
I would go no because I've had some collaborations between just two breweries and they haven't been very good. Yeah, I, I think it depends on what you're talking about when it comes to collaboration. Is it true collaboration in sense of are they both there actually physically brewing that beer together? You mean rather than one of them emailing a recipe? Yeah. And- and saying that, yeah. I think, uh, so a recent collaboration that we've shared was the Camden-on-Sea from uh, Adnams and Camden as part of Ghost Ship 10-year anniversary, 10-year birthday. Um, and that felt like a collaboration where both of their flagship beers was effect- effectively mixed together to bring out something slightly different, but showcase the best yeah. of both. But there's been beers where you've had collaborations with maybe four or five, and it just doesn't taste that good. Yeah, I, I don't get it when it... For, for, for me, I, I think you're talking two or three in a physical sense is, is the most... The worst collaborations collaborate. generally are the ones which say you... I don't know if they still do. The ones which say you stir in spoons. Oh, God, yeah. It was like, we've found you some good brewers, we've put you together, whether that be physically or otherwise... And we've asked you to actually bring your worst beer to the table and mix it with someone else's worst beer, yeah. and we'll see what happens. Those ones have generally been pretty awful, those collaboration beers. Whereas you get the Mega Lager last year from. Oh, that was incredible. Lost and Grounded, Donzoco, and Braybrook, weren't it? Fantastic. Yeah. As a fantastic lager. Three, three breweries who aren't geographically anywhere near each other. And I don't know how they did it, but they managed to come out with something which was really good. So no, I think I think it, it just depends what their ethos is and how they're trying to do it. Yeah, yeah. And, and last question for uh, this show uh, from Miles Lambert at Miles Lambert. Chaps, in the brackets, surely upcoming hashtag opinions the movie, <laughs> who would you each cast to play yourselves? And as a follow-on, who would you cast to play each other? Right, I've had a little bit of a think. Okay. And I don't know if I've got answers to both parts. I might need, so maybe listeners can... Maybe we'll ask listeners to think about who people should play us. I like that idea. Yes. Yes. Who who should play you? Yep. And who should play me? Yeah. Let's have a people get into that. I have a, a double act who I think would play us quite well. Okay. Um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. I think it's quite easy to see which way around. That <laughs> yeah. So you can see you can see how I got to that that place. Yeah. But they've obviously done they've done a few films together. Yeah. Um, they're both sci-fi geeks as well, so they both like their sci-fi. So we've got the geek geek element there. Yeah. Um, and I think it would be quite a funny. I think it would. I can I can see how that would work. It'd be a funny movie as well. So yeah, I'm going to go Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Okay, I've maybe gone on a, on a different tangent <laughs> in this one, and I'm going for Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you're Robert Downey Jr. Obviously, <laughs> and I'm Team Cap. Yeah, um, I just I just think with our background of geekdom, it, it would be perfect for, for for one of us to be. Team Iron Man and one of us be Team Cat. Okay, I mean, no offence to Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, I think you've gone up a couple of notches there with those two. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, but yes, please tell us who you think um, should play us. Yeah. In in the movies, we want we want our listeners to tell us that one. Um, and that's that's about it. That's actually. it. Well done. That that that's it. So it's, it is a really short show, but as 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 we said at the outset, it's kind of a. 
It's a backup plan. It's a backup plan. It's, it's you know, every every company, I'm sure, is thinking that, that the people are involved in are thinking about some sort of continuity planning, working from home or limiting how people come in and travel. And it's no different for me and Steve. Um, so, but we're still conscious of the fact that there are podcasts that we love listening to and we hope they find a way to get together and still record equally. We hope that everyone still wants to hear us even during these slightly iffy times not slightly very iffy times that we're living in at the moment and if we can bring a little bit of fun here and there then hopefully that's what's going to land yeah and I, I, I guess I'd, I'd be interested to know whether people like this shorter format as well please please don't say yes yeah to, to that because we can't commit to this every time but um yeah, i mean you can say yes if you want but we'll no just promises. ignore it yeah we'll just completely ignore it um so we're going to finish with uh final thoughts on the bison i, I don't think it's changed from our initial thoughts no it's, it's, it's bang on isn't it it's bang on and that bitterness at the end is really tasty as well it just makes me want to just sup up a bit more but it's just it is just very different to dry porto it is very different. It votes West Coast leaning. It's yeah. only 1% more. It's from Formbridge. But it is a different beer. It's just, like I said, it's not an amped up version of Jaipur. It's a beer in its own right. Oh, I would love to experience this on tap. Oh, keg version of that. Oh, that's, that's what yeah. I was thinking, keg. Yeah. Maybe the Colmore tap. Let's hope so. There's a long list in my head building up for the Colmore tap, I can yeah. tell you. Same here. Um just as always, just keep getting involved, folks. Use the hashtag opinions. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back to, 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 to sort of normal service soon. At some point. And uh, above all, everyone, stay safe. Keep in contact uh, with your loved ones and, uh, and your not-so-loved ones. And um, hopefully, we'll all see you soon. Cheers. Cheers.